Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. I'm Charlotte and I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed but that can help us all to grow. In each episode we spend some time catching up about what we've been doing recently and then go on to share a recommendation it could be a book a tv show or an article we've really enjoyed and then we have a discussion about something that feels really relevant to everything that's going on right now it's often the sort of thing that a lot of us tend to be thinking about but aren't actually talking about. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to go and hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on because it makes such a difference. How are you doing, my love? I feel like recording tonight has been a hard-won battle and that from the offset we should caveat we're really sorry if there's any sound issues because um, it's been an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, it's been a very interesting uh, few days, to be honest, topped off by us not being able to access our uh, normal recording software. Mm-hmm. so that's great um but yeah great great time had a car accident on friday so that was an absolute thrill no it wasn't it was horrendous like i've never been in a car accident before either so it was extremely i was just shocked like i'm absolutely mm-hmm. fine like physically we're both fine everyone involved thankfully was absolutely fine despite it being on the motorway like it could have been so so much worse um so I'm obviously so grateful that everyone's fine, but oh my God, it doesn't half shake you up. And then my beloved car is not, not well, which has probably been the most emotional part for me. Like if, when we went into the yard to go and see the car and like get all of our stuff out of it, where they'd recovered it to, I just burst into tears. And my car is called Eugene, which also doesn't help because I've never named a car that I've owned before. This is the was, first time I've named one. I was going to say, naming a car I don't feel like is a very helly thing to do. No, I've never done it before, but this one is Eugene. And I saw Eugene and extremely crumpled up at the front. Mm. Um, and I was just crying. I was like, my baby, I'm so sorry. Oh, see, I mean, I'm over the moon that you're both okay um r.i.p eugene genuinely heartbreaking um but i am pleased that you guys are safe and it's just a really crappy way to end a week isn't it like yeah jesus christ yeah i mean we're in northern ireland now we're just carrying on with what we can until we figure out how to get home because obviously the car was our way home on the ferry so we'll approach that one when we get to it but Thankfully, we are okay, and that's the most important thing. Um, how has your week been? Um, <laughs> it hasn't quite been as bad as that. It's definitely had its ups and downs, shall we say, um, which I won't go into right now, but everything is okay. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm off work next week, and it's my first week off with Alex for, I reckon, the best part of a year. Um, and I'm so excited that we're going to have some time off to actually relax and rest and fully unwind um I just can't put it into words like this weekend coming 
yeah this weekend coming when this goes live we're um heading home seeing our families we're gonna go to like our favorite mexican restaurant that we haven't been to since pre-covid it's like a family tradition that we'll always go for like birthdays or big celebrations and we've not been in so long um so i'm just really looking forward to that and going for like autumnal walks i really want to go to a pumpkin patch that is a personal goal of mine for my week off um (laughs) and also read the second thursday murder club book but yeah i'm just looking forward to some time off i think things have been a bit stressful over the past couple of weeks as they have for everyone in so many different ways um it does feel like everyone i know has something at the moment that's going on Mm. but i'm excited to have some time to rest and yeah relax i'm excited for you guys that sounds so nice i know i'm hoping as well maybe we can get to Kew or hampton court or somewhere like that like we did that last autumn and it was so lovely i also really want to go to western burt arboretum again Um, i love it there such an underrated place in the cotswolds it it really is so we went there last september but we went last september we had that like mini heat wave at the start of the month so it didn't really feel very autumnal and actually i remember being boiling hot like wearing a t-shirt and jeans so we're hoping if we go back now, the whole like Acer area and the maples and all of that will be really mm. autumnal and orangey and all that. So hopefully we'll get there next week. I'm just excited to get out and do something that isn't sitting in front of a computer. Um, yeah. Because it does feel like what I do. Yeah, I can relate to that. I'm very excited to be, I'm actually really looking forward to going home. Not because I'm having a bad time because obviously Ireland has been amazing and we're in Northern Ireland this week and I'm really excited to explore. We went to Giant's Causeway yesterday, which has been like a dream of mine to visit. Um, I didn't realise how Giant's Causeway was formed until very recently. I think I was actually watching a Simon Reeve documentary. He did one on Ireland as like the whole island of Ireland. Um, mm. Last, no, it must be a couple of years ago now and it was fascinating, but I didn't realise like how it, came to be it just blew my mind yeah it's insane the whole time I was there I was like but how is it real <laughs> it is absolutely stunning I definitely recommend visiting but I am also quite excited to be at home and kind of have a bit more of that routine back again because I'm exhausted like mm. all the time and I'm ready to to not be <laughs> for yeah. like more than a week I would just like to to rest <laughs> And I can't wait for you to come back because I want you guys to come visit us so we can go and do some cute National Trust Days and all of those <gasps> sorts of things. You, you will love this because gra- uh, the Giants Causeway is National Trust. We went yesterday. This is probably really cheeky, but I won't get anyone in trouble because I doubt the National Trust are listening to, to this podcast. But um, <laughs> I went and because my National Trust membership is one of the partner ones, but I have it with my mum, not with Taylor. Because um, <laughs> Taylor wasn't in the country when we got it um so I showed the guy and I was like oh I'm a member but my boyfriend isn't and he's like oh it's fine I'll just put him as your partner so we both got into Giants Causeway for free and it's like £13.50 per person um but we both got in on my membership so that was a nice little bonus after a bit of a rubbishy few days (laughs) that is nice actually do you know what I did this weekend that made me feel like a bloody hero I managed to fill the car up with petrol anyone who's not in the UK right now we have a little bit of a petrol situation. 
Um, it has been fraught trying to get hold of petrol. And I went to do the food shop. This is such a boring story, but I went to the food shop on Sunday afternoon. And I had a series of events of like, despite the backdrop of chaos that was going on in life generally, I got there and I was like, I've forgotten a pound coin for the trolley. You know, when you're getting irrationally stressed about something. And I was like, nope, there will be a trolley waiting for me. I just have to bring in the positive vibes. Um, And I get there and there is this like teenage guy working there, like putting the trolleys. I was like, oh, can I go get a pound coin from customer service? But no, they won't do it. But here you go, I just found one. Take this one. And I was like, oh my God, heaven. Then on my way home, I was like, do you know what? I'll just see if I can get into the queue for the petrol station. Not only did I get in within 10 minutes, I got unleaded petrol, but not the really bougie, expensive one that everyone's having to buy because the normal one sold out. Oh, my God. I just felt like a hero. And then I realised quite how sad my life has become. (laughs) Honestly, I can relate to this. They haven't got the same like fuel issues here in Ireland. But we had just filled Eugene's tank up before the accident. So we'd put about £75 worth of diesel in the car. So Eugene is currently in a wreckage yard with a full tank. Can you can you get that money back anyway? Like, can you, like, I don't know, sell the diesel to a yard? Well, Dad did ask this and I was like, I actually have no idea. They weren't very helpful there. But um yeah, I'm, I want to claim it on the insurance because I literally, I just can't believe a full tank of, of diesel. That's so hard. infuriating. Breaking. They, they should l- let you have the money back because of the current situation. Like, even if it's like them buying it from you to put in their own car, I just felt that should be a thing. I mean, it's not an issue in Ireland. They're just over here, like, laughing at the UK, basically, and the frantic panic buying. I mean, fair, because no one panic buys like the Brits panic buy. Oh, yeah. Apart from Aussies and Luro. I don't know. We gave a run for the money. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway, the most random, like, can you tell it's late at night and we're tired and we've had long days and we're just not with it? Um, Tell me your recommendation. Let's move this baby on. (laughs) Yeah. My recommendation this week is island themed um, because it's actually an Irish influencer who I started following when I was researching for my trip and her name is Rosanna Purcell. Oh my goodness I feel like you'll love her as well. Um, She works with the tourism board here a lot which is how I found her but she's a very like us kind of person. I mean you can probably tell that I'm a little bit in love with her because I'm like we will be best friends obviously. But she obviously promotes local travel, like huge advocate for Irish travel. She also runs a hiking community called The Hike Life. And she runs um, different um, groups. So she does like an older age category for like 40 plus, 50 plus. She does like singles ones. So people who are into outdoorsy stuff can meet and go on hikes together. But she's also, um, she also has three cookbooks. So she's also on Instagram, um, just at her name, which is Rosanna Purcell, but also as the natural born feeder, which is the title of one of her books. And then she also has a vegan one and a half hour recipes one. And she only uses whole foods. So she's, I don't think she's completely vegan. She does eat like mostly vegan, but everything is like whole foods, very like, like rich, warming, like authentic, just hearty meals, which are easy to make. Um, She was on Come Dine With Me in Ireland, I believe. And also she used to be a model. So she's also beautiful and just an amazing human being. But her her channel, if you're looking for kind of island travel 
inspiration is amazing but also her food channel and her um hiking channel are absolutely fantastic definitely recommend giving her a follow she sounds incredible i love that she has so many different things that she does but it sounds like she does so well at all of them i love the variety and i am 100 mm. percent checking out my cookbooks comforting vegan food like i'm there i'm 100 percent there yeah oh yeah i did think of you when i saw it and i was like should i mention it because i might want to check it out and buy it for you for christmas but you know spoilers <laughs> i can't can't tell you about one of the things I bought this weekend when I did my home sense trip because I bought one for me but I also bought one for you as a present oh my goodness. I'm, so, I'm so excited about it but I, can't, I I want to tell you but I can't so that's a that's a really crap thing for everyone else involved listening to this <laughs> and I can't even say and be like cover your ears because you've got to listen to this once I edit it so sorry guys jeez oh. <laughs> Assuming that's not your recommendation, what's your recommendation this week? So mine is actually a recommendation you made a while ago is something you wanted to read during our summer break. So it's The Other Black Girl and I love this book. It's one of those books that ever since I've read it I can't stop thinking about it and I always think that's a sign of such a good book is that it's like cemented itself in your mind. For anyone who isn't aware of the story, it's around a young woman who um, is working at a publishing agency in New York City. And that's an industry that is notoriously, like notoriously lacks diversity. And she's a young black woman and then she's there for about a year to 18 months and another black girl starts. And to begin with, I didn't know from the start. So I've never seen Get Out. Um, but it was kind of pitched as a Devil Wears Prada meets Get Out story. And I was like, OK, I kind of understand the Devil Wears Prada like connection there in that it's like set in New York and it's that kind of publishing world. And it's very high glamour and it seems like better from the outside than it is on the inside and all of that. And I'd never seen Get Out. I've recently found out what happens in Get Out and I need to watch it, but that's a story for another day. But now I understand like, where that reference comes from because there's definitely like that um, thriller type. Um, it, it, the only way I can describe it is that really uneasy feeling you have throughout the story that there's something else going on. I don't mm. want to say any more than that because I did not see any of it coming um, because it's so like it's the way that it's done is so clever and it feels so realistic but not only is it a brilliant work of fiction that really does like keep you engaged grips you all the way along it also tackles some really big issues relating to race and unconscious bias and racism within the publishing industry and actually I think we can all be honest in saying that most industries that we work in will have that structural racism within them um, so it's very interesting to read about an industry that had definitely a parallels to my own uh, and kind of how we can respond to that. Mm, it's still on my list to read. Actually, I have bought it. Um, I'm really, really interested to read it. And I didn't I didn't expect you to go down that kind of I don't know. I didn't really get that it had that sort of uneasy like underlying kind of feeling to it but now I'm really intrigued I really want to read that that sounds I interesting I, yeah I thought it would be 
I thought it would be really gripping and really great and almost a bit like oh because from the offset you know that someone is leaving this woman notes about leaving the company she works for like just leave handing a resignation right now so from the start you know there's something weird but it wasn't what I anticipated at all um and it completely blew away all my expectations I've not read anything like it and I've not heard a story like that so I'll be fascinated to hear what you think when you read it and also if anyone else has read it please drop me a dm because i want to discuss it in full with people it was it's the kind of book that would be a great book club pick because there are so many ways you can pick it apart oh i'm so interested yeah i'll have to read it and we can swap notes yes please do let me know you've read So this week we wanted to talk about something that we've spoken about a bit in the past um, in relation to when we've touched on Black Lives Matter, um, colonialism, um, various kind of aspects of history and also how blinkered the UK education curriculum is. And it feels a little bit uncomfortable to have this conversation because I feel like it's a very self-referring topic Mm -hmm. um, because we want to talk about kind of those knowledge gaps that you have and it's an uncomfortable position to come from when you're obviously very aware that you don't know what you don't know and it's uncomfortable to admit that you're not fully informed on something but that's the only way that we can address topics like this like the the problems with the curriculum like the lack of knowledge that we're given from a very young age about certain topics in schools And I think by having these conversations and understanding that we can't rely on those education structures is actually how we become more informed and start addressing those knowledge gaps, because they're going to be never ending. Let's face it, there's always something Mm -hmm. to learn about. But that's kind of the first step, isn't it? Acknowledging that. For sure. I think it's one of those topics where by saying we want to discuss it, we open ourselves up and you kind of have to put yourself in that position of vulnerability to say, someone could then call us out and say yeah you've got this wrong which is completely fine I think so long as you call people out in a respectful way there is nothing wrong with that and to make Mm. anyone listening like I encourage you to call us out on anything if you want to and I think that's important for anyone to be able to have that uncomfortable conversation but it almost feels like by saying you want to have a conversation about gaps in your knowledge you should know all the gaps in your knowledge but by definition you can't so it's quite hard to have the conversation without being a little bit almost hypocritical. Um, but it is a really important one. I think the most important thing you can do at the start of this is just like set your ego at the door. Mm-hmm. Whatever the topic, whether it's like really big societal issues like racism, sexism, homophobia, or you're just like at work and you don't know about something and maybe you feel like you should know about it, whatever it is. If you can set your ego to the side and go, kind of like, now is not the time for this. That's not going to be productive if my ego starts jumping in and getting defensive or not really listening. I think you're in a better position to then go, okay, let's learn. And in doing so, you kind of give yourself the grace that maybe you'll get it wrong, but you'll learn and you'll improve and your intention is good. So let's make the impact good. Um, because you're right it's part of life no matter how much we grow and learn etc you're always going to be able to grow and learn more and isn't that the whole point it's that expression like never be the smartest person in a room 
that's like it's just that amplified really yeah I always think of that saying like smart people don't think that they're smart and I think that's having I don't think it comes down to like being smart I think that's more having the self-awareness that like you don't know everything and kind of acknowledging the flaws in your own knowledge but also I think what you were saying about leaving your ego at the door and kind of seeking out those topics that you feel uncomfortable about because that's that I feel like that's a really big factor in people not being educated on a lot of things because it's something that's uncomfortable but at the end of the day if the education curriculum obviously I'm making a sweeping generalization there are some curriculums around the world which are are incredible and do the best job that they can to educate people from a young age but I think particularly when there's a curriculum like in the UK there is so much that is excluded and that as a consequence means you're going to grow up and realize there's topics you don't know about and that that is uncomfortable and it's been massively uncomfortable for me I think especially in the last I say five or six years and I really like I'm kind of shocked and horrified by my lack of knowledge on some subjects and it really makes me like makes me anxious to want to know more and then you end up in that cycle of being stressed about how much you don't know yeah I definitely found that I think it's for me like I I like and this is true for both of us we both studied history at like a level and partly at uni and I studied a politics degree so I definitely for a long time felt that pressure that I should obviously just know it all and um Alex is someone who almost is like a hobby as an as another interest has always been very very interested in history and so he will so he probably know he he definitely does know more and like history and politics and stuff than me because it's a genuine interest of his and it's only when I started having more conversations with him I was like oh my god I have studied this and I don't know um and actually it's definitely been in the past like five or so years when I've got on I spent part of that time going oh my god I should know this I don't know this this is really bad oh my god oh my god and then almost that gear change of okay well not me thinking that hasn't suddenly made me know it um you've kind of got to actively then say okay so I don't know Mm. it well, the only way I can change that is by asking someone like if you're in a position where you can engage in a question um, engage in a conversation sorry and ask someone in a really respectful way do it and if not you've always got google like we're so fortunate to have that out of fingertips now we almost need to get over ourselves a bit and feel confident in just looking stuff up there's no shame in not knowing oh yeah absolutely like there's it's the old like good old saying that there's no silly question and I think that's very true as long as you're not being willfully ignorant like Mm -hmm. if you're just it's still your responsibility to learn at the end of the day and it's not the job of it's not the job of anyone else to teach you and it's certainly not the job of kind of those marginalized communities or cultures to teach you either but like you said if there's if I think there's a difference between expecting someone else to teach you and then actively seeking out different points of view and I think that's the really key thing to try and do if you're eager to to educate yourself more about certain things like looking for those different points of view not just trusting what you see online as as great mm-hmm. as Google is and as great as social media is obviously we all know like good old fake news but I think not trusting instantly what you see and looking for those different points of view joining groups asking questions 
taking books out the library I feel like that's like the good old way to just go and have a look at a certain section of of history in a library just because there's always going to be so many different books there from different people on different topics and different angles all covering the same thing I think it's a really interesting way to kind of delve into a certain topic but yeah it's it's your responsibility really to to take on that learning and you, you but you don't have to do it all at once like that's the big thing isn't it like it's impossible to do it all at once and I think it's important to remember as well you don't have to do it all on your own like yes you need to own it and say I'm gonna learn more about this thing that I don't know about or I want to understand it more or I want to for me a big thing I really want to learn at is like unconscious bias and I think it's important to take that ownership over it but you can do it in a way that definitely feels like collaborative because if there are gaps in your knowledge about something I guarantee you there are gaps that other people have as well so there's no reason why you can't share resources or if you hear there's like if you listen to a podcast that you think is really great and it happens to be about something like white privilege for example there's no reason you can't share that with other people in your life who you think oh actually that they would also benefit from this and they might not know about it and I think that then helps to create a very like a safer space to be able to hold your hands up and say actually I don't know and oh look this is me learning and possibly getting it wrong but doing it better and I think especially if it's a group of friends that can actually be a really nice bonding experience as well. Mm. Yeah I, I definitely agree with that and I think I don't know I think social media is a really great place for that too especially for certain forums and there's groups online that you can join to learn a bit more but I don't know I was definitely guilty of this and the that kind of what I think of most recently is the crisis in Afghanistan and for years I would just scroll past those news articles on social media because I didn't know enough like I feel like a lot of us are guilty of that like we see something we don't know about it we carry on scrolling because we just want to consume content quickly and easily but understanding those like complex histories isn't is never going to be quick and easy and now if I see something that is interesting or something that I don't know enough about but I know that I should I save it to pocket or I put it in my like saved folder on Facebook for later and I go back to it and I make the time to read about it because even just having that foundational bit of knowledge it I just think it's so important to have that kind of understanding of like, I hate watching the news and not really understanding why something is happening and I I know that's definitely come with age because I never used to be bothered by that before but now it's something that I'm really aware of. Yeah I think in the past I'd watch the news and be like oh this story is something I understand and engage and if I didn't understand it I would almost tune out because I'd be like oh I don't get that. Mm. Yeah. That I, I now understand that's like not a good way to be and it's almost a case of getting into a habit of if you don't understand something like whether it's a big social issue or maybe it's just like a word you don't know taking a moment to just look it up and it's a habit I've tried to get into especially since I started using a kindle to read if there's a if there's a word I don't understand before I would like and I, I do think there is benefit to doing this of like surmising the meaning of something by like seeing what surrounds it there's probably a really technical literary term for that I don't know it if anyone does let me know um but now I make a conscious effort of being like right no I'm actually going to look that up and find out what it means because it kind of goes back to what we were saying last week about building habits 
and you look for an opportunity and now I kind of think if I'm scrolling on social media or if I read an article and I'm like I don't know about that I'm like but should I know about it and question it a bit and try and find out a bit more um but I don't think we have to overwhelm ourselves I don't think we should feel the need to know everything about everything and always like put that pressure on ourselves I feel like it's a bit more about having an open mind and being open to the idea that your interpretation or kind of what you've been taught might not be right. Oh yeah, I think it's, it is also important to acknowledge that a lot of these issues come from like what we've been taught from a young age and that's that is the root of the problem really, isn't it? Like I spent what six years learning about the Tudors when I was at school. I, I didn't need to know seven years of Henry VIII, like that was unnecessary. But I think there's a certain point where you can't, I don't know, it's hard to know where to lay blame, isn't it? Because I could go through life burying my head in the sand and ignoring all of the things that I don't know because school didn't teach me. But equally, they can't teach everything anyway. And I mean, Scotland this week, they launched their LGBTQ inclusive curriculum and Wales as well became the first UK country to make teaching of black Asian and ethnic minority history mandatory in schools Mm -hmm. which is mad that it isn't already and those are the changes that we need to see but also there needs to be there needs to be more and that's people being responsible for their own learning as well. Yeah I think it's one of those things that is a brilliant step change because Mm. when you make something like that compulsory it becomes for that entire generation of students it's normal to know more yeah and it also for kind of our generation older generations is like hold on this is definitely important because it's not just something that's being taught it's something that is compulsory and when you think of the other things that are classed as compulsory within the curriculum particularly here in the UK I don't know about like other countries um but they're the things they're like your fundamentals so to give it that status is really important but you're right then we will have to take that onus on ourselves to go I'm going to learn a bit more I'm going to be open to questioning things and just keep kind of looking out for those gaps within my knowledge about all different types of things. Mm -hmm, Absolutely we hope this topic's given you some food for thought and like we said it is an ongoing process but we would love to hear your thoughts um and how you feel about the topic and just in general that ongoing process of learning and any tips that you'd like to share you can of course get in touch with us with all of the contact details which are down in the show notes we hope you enjoyed this episode we will be back next week with our next episode but in the meantime stay safe and have a good week bye bye Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.